You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line-out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. So a brilliant atmospheric game in the showgrounds last Friday night. We'll see Leinster take a five-point lead over Connacht into the Good Friday second leg of the Heineken Champions Cup quarterfinal. I'm delighted to say the Connacht coach, Andy Friend, is with us. Andy, I'm always wondering how you feel after a game like that. Um, uh, I was particularly struck by Shane Lowry's comments after the Masters where we were all going, oh, geez, Shane Lowry just finished third in the Masters. He's like, how many opportunities am I going to get to win these games? So there's like joy about the being involved in such an amazing spectacle and occasion and also this nagging just disappointment that the game was there for you. Yeah, that was exactly how it was, Joe. We had a, a change room that was pretty sombre, to be honest with you. Um, uh, the, yeah, the immediate thought was... Uh, a game that we could have won and and we had our chances to win, but but we didn't take it. Um, you know, when you when you go back through it, you go, well, I'm very proud of the effort that went in there, and I think the boys would have been very proud of their effort. But you know, we don't play this sport to come second; you play it to win. And um, and when you don't win, there is that feeling that you that you haven't done enough and you missed a trick. So that, that's pretty much how we felt, mate. Bundy was in the. Um on the pitch in the huddle afterwards and very very animated about it and I, I don't know what he was saying but I, I suspect the message is like this is not over here uh, what, what, what was your message and how do you get that messaging right to make sure that you're giving everybody the confidence that they can go and create an upset next week but also that there's just a little bit of work that needs to be done yeah and and that's exactly been the messaging the messaging is listen we um, we're very much still in the fight um, when we kick off on, on Friday night it's 5 nil to to, to Leinster, um, so it's a it's a very digestible uh, chunk that we have to overcome. It's one converter try, um, but we know if we converted a few more of those opportunities that we created, and if we, uh, like in my view, we we opened up two really easy holes for them um, to score 14 of their points. So if we're better in those two areas, then that that five point gap that sits there uh, is definitely achievable for us. So. That's what the focus has been on. It, it's it's all about what we need to do and how we need to be better. And um, let's hope we see that on Friday night. How how do you feel about the season at the moment? Because it's been a bit of a roller coaster. There's been some absolutely outstanding performances, and there've been occasions where the team didn't perform and, and didn't show up in in sections of games and even over full games at various stages too. So. When you're thinking back and rationalising what's gone on, what's your understanding of why the season has been the way it has been for Connacht? It's a good question. We um, we, we definitely we've been consistent in being inconsistent. That's that's the way we've been. And, and so your summary there is very apt. Um, some some great stuff, some not so good stuff. Uh, and I think listen, as a group, um, and, and this was also one of the messages. Our preparation leading into that game last week was the best I've seen from the playing group, coaching group, from everybody um, in terms of the detail that went in, the time that was spent on, on analysing opposition. And all of that's therefore controllable, but um, that's not the way that, that uh, you know, that, that's not a habit for, for some of our players and um, that needs to change. You know, the reason Leinster are so good in my view is that they have a, a squad that if you're not doing your detail and getting your detail right, you're not going to get opportunities. And I believe we are starting to build that squad where the pressure's coming on the players to realise you may get one pop and if, and if you're not good enough at it because you haven't done your detail, 
it's not going to work for you. You can sit at the back of the queue again. Um, so that penny's starting to drop, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a year where I think um, we've done some really good things. We've had some enormous growth, but we've also reverted back to, you know, some of some of our, our greatest failings where we just don't turn up on games. And that's unacceptable as a, as a pro footy team, unacceptable um, from all of us. And I said, I sit at the top of that. So that's something that... We need to we need to get right uh, as we as we try and finish the season off and heading to next year. I know, listening to you over the last couple of years and speaking to you at various stages as we've gone along, you've never once reached for excuses. It's always been to explain, and it's about a, a building process. But it does feel like, of all of the provinces, whenever your players become successful and go to join the Ireland camp, you just don't have the strength and depth yet that some of the other provinces have to be able to deal with that. So, you are victims of your own success. Uh, the more successful, the better your players get, the better they play, the more of them play for Ireland. And at the moment, you just don't have the replacement level who can step in and it be seamless. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's something we're, we're continually trying to build. Um, I think the other hard thing, mate, it's been these last two years, if you haven't been in a 23, um, you know, a starting uh, or a squad 23, you haven't been playing rugby. So we got a chunk of players that, they just need footy. One of the reasons they come here is because um, they haven't been accepted somewhere else. It's a lot of them, some of them are our homegrown boys that have come through academies. But you, the only way you get better as a rugby player is to play rugby at, at the next level. And because of COVID and all the reasons that we all know, we just haven't had that second tier coming through. So for a province that doesn't have a great deal of depth and needs games to, to give players opportunity, We've really, uh, we've suffered with that, but at the same time, it's put a greater emphasis on our training. And I do believe our training's got much, much better, uh, you know, really good intensity within our sessions now. You can't go full contact, so you miss that that final bit of the game. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're, we're building nicely to, to, to set it up really well for next year and years to come, but we're definitely not there yet. I also, I think it's kind of sometimes underrated in terms of significant changes to your backroom team. This is the first year of that group vetting in as a, a management team. And you are also already clearly recruiting in a, in a particular type of player that's coming through as well. Players with stuff to prove, people who do want opportunities, people who do want game time as well. Like it, You can see that there's like a, a medium-term plan in all of the thinking. When do you believe that you come to fruition with all that kind of stuff? I, I, you know, obviously next Friday, hopefully, from your perspective, but in the, in the medium term, when do you feel like, okay, this is a, a, a playing group now who are going to be playing in the style that the management team wants them to do and that uh, gives the full expression of what the Connacht identity is supposed to be? Well, I think we're going to be better again next year. Um, but, but again, I, I don't think you ever reach the pinnacle because there's always another mountain to climb, isn't there? So um, I, I do believe, uh, yeah, as you, as you, again, you explained it really well there, mate, that we, we have got a new backroom staff. Um, I, I think they've done a, a tremendous job in their first year. It's been tough and it is tough when you come into the professional environment. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, two brand new coaches, rookie coaches in, in Colin Tucker and, and in Mossy Lawler, um, but they've done incredible things with with Cully with the defence and Mossy with with some of our launch stuff. And I know, you know, some of the the, the, the games we've played, we've we've leaked big points. But um, as I keep saying it's it's not a system thing. That that's that's down to some individual errors there where we need to be better, and and that's also getting coached. Some of our launch staff has been the best we've seen. Pete Wilkins has moved into a, a new senior attack role. I think he's done a, an amazing job in, in, in 
uh, widening his breadth, which was previously just defence, to now into attack and defence and overall game management and, and preparation. And Diabolt Senecar has come in and I think has really stabilised um, some areas that we were leaking and creaking before. So this first year, will it's been a year of embedding. Next year, we'll, we'll be better again. Will we reach the pinnacle next year? No, because I think we'll be better next year, but there's going to be another year after that and so on and so forth. So, um, And as you say, our, our selection motto, our recruitment motto is to find the rough diamond and try and polish him up. That's what we've got to do. And, and sometimes we get that right and sometimes we don't. Um, but that's the that's the model that we work with as well as trying to bring through our homegrown players. So, I, listen, I believe, let, let's wait to see what happens on Friday night. We've got enormous energy to to get up to the Aviva and, and try and turn around that five-point gap. Um, we then go to South Africa. Uh, it's going to be a, a struggle for us now to, to reach the quarterfinals with the way our season's gone, but we own that. No one else does. Um, and if that doesn't, if we don't, you know, that, that doesn't come to fruition, then it's all eyes on next year for us. We've got a, a new 4G pitch going to be put in here at the sports ground next year. So that allows us to get into our game style of being fast, relentless, adaptable even more. So I, I see another another step being made next year with a coaching team that's been around for a second year and a new group of players. So I'm, I'm excited and positive about the future. Are there many more players to come in an ideal world in terms of recruitment or is your recruitment largely done for next season? Virtually, virtually done, mate. We're looking probably for one more, um, but uh, we've got to find the right person. So um, at the moment, uh, yeah, we're about 95% done. And when you're selling the Connacht Dream at the moment, uh, are you pointing to Mac Hansen and going, hey, look, you know, this, uh, anything is possible here. You can have the world at your feet in the space of 12 months. Yeah, and listen, Mac, Mac's turned all spotlights towards him, hasn't he? Which he's been brilliant, mate. But but that's exactly it. You know, we've we got, as we now know, we've got a, a young fella called Byron Ralston coming over next year now. Um, I'm excited for Byron. There's another part of me I, I sort of feel for the bloke because he's another Aussie coming over here with Irish heritage and and the assumption's going to be he's going to be another Mac Hansen. Now, he may well be another Mac Hansen, and if he is, fantastic. But um, he can definitely look at what Mac's done and take enormous courage and and and, and um, belief in that, that going to this, you know, the west of Ireland and, and playing his trade there could well launch a, an international career for him. Um, he may not be on the same time trajectory, but he may well get there. But... You know, we've got the likes of, of, um, of Byron coming in. We've got Shane Bolton, who, as we know, we signed last year. Um, this has been his first year. He's only a young man, hasn't had a lot of opportunity this year, but there's a lot to like about what he's going to do. But, yeah, you know, the, the Mac Hansen story to me is, um, is a dream come true and, and just it points to what what opportunities lie out there if you're prepared to, to be brave enough to make a move and to, and to back yourself and go and play the, the, the footy you can play. Does it have a knock-on impact as well on the existing squad as well when you see somebody who's one of your teammates who you're going up against every day in training who steps straight into the Six Nations arena and not just acquits himself well, but acquits himself spectacularly well for somebody who doesn't have the requisite 2025 caps to acclimatise to international rugby, that his, his own teammates, some of the academy players, some of the players who've been there who maybe haven't hit their peak just yet are going, actually, you know what, if I do hit my peak, I don't need to go somewhere else to realise my international ambitions. Yeah, correct. You know, and, and blokes also then look at Mac and say, well, what's he doing? What's he doing different? And we're all different. We're all different as humans. But one of the things you get with Mac Hansen is, you know, he's, he's, very, um, he's very measured in his approach. He's, he's a laid back fella. Um, you know, he likes a good time, but he also likes to be serious when he wants to be serious. So that can rub off on other blokes too, because you're always trying to pitch yourself against 
what success looks like. Now, Bundy and Mac Anson are two very different people. Finlay Bielham's a different person. Again, Jack Cardi's a different person. So you'll pick up little bits from all of them if you're a young, astute player, watching what they do and it's trying to capture the the best out of everybody and, and then be yourself as well, um, which hopefully will make everybody within the squad a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, everyone wants the Mac Anson stories. Um, Mac's been brilliant in, in coming over here and seizing that opportunity and, and he's a, an absolute joy to watch play. Uh, he's an absolute joy to work with as a, as a rugby player and, and he's just a good bloke to have around the team too. So. Um, we've rolled double six with that one. Can I just ask you a little bit about preparation for Leinster? Are they a different animal in the Heineken Cup from the uh, URC? Did you see different things from them last week that you hadn't seen before? Or were they actually just exactly what you expected? I think every team's got their own identity. And, and so the identity which we saw on Friday night was, was pretty much what we'd seen. Um, you know, the, the quality of player that um, that they can roll out on a Heineken Cup night um, is, you know, is, is very impressive. So uh, the bodies were a little bit bigger, the hits were a little bit harder, set piece were a little bit tougher, all of those things. But the game style that they play, um, you know, a little bit more clinical in certain areas. You've got a James Lowe with a left boot kicking it 50 metres every time his boot touches the ball. You know, that, that sort of stuff you might not see um, or we didn't see in, in previous Leinster uh, games, but we know we're going to get that and more on Friday night because we've we poked the bear a touch. But it's not really about what Leinster are going to do. It's about us seizing our opportunities and and uh, and us being better again than what we showed on Friday night. And you know, if we can just focus on us, I think you can get yourself caught if you if you're worried too much about the opposition and what they're going to throw at you. It takes your eye off your own game. So for us this week, it's about us being even more clinical than we were on Friday and in, in, on both sides of the ball. And if we can do that, we think we can we can sneak it. You've, you've obviously played at the Viva already this season. Um, is that important? Is that Was that, I mean, I don't know if you automatically thought, well, there might be a, a leg for us in the quarterfinals at some stage later on in the year, but um, uh, might just have been a good decision at the time as well. Your players seem to enjoy playing there anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a bigger pitch. Um, it's a, you, know, you don't get the wind you get here. Uh, we had a beautiful night on Friday night too, um, you know, so it, it, there was no conditions really to worry about. Uh, we've had some real success up there at the Viva and, and given the performance we put out on Friday night, we now know there's going to be a, a chunk of Connacht supporters up there too. So the majority will probably be Leinster, but there'll be a, you know, a good smattering of Connacht supporters and, and uh, we've had some happy times there and let's hope Friday night's another one. Last question, uh, one of our, our listeners on YouTube wants to know, what do you make of the, the uh, two-legged situation? I don't mind it, mate. I think it's, um, you know, you look across the board at the, the top 16 or the last 16 now, and most games are still very much alive. So uh, it adds another flavour, doesn't it? I, I, I'm actually, um, I, I wonder whether they shouldn't start the scoreboard with what, what the aggregate difference is when you kick off. That would be pretty cool too, I reckon, just to keep everyone... Uh, aware of what the what the scoreline is, it might be uh, it might hurt you if you're a Bordeaux, for example, where Lower Shell have got a fair few points on them at the minute. But um, I quite like it. I think it's a, a neat system, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll love it even more if we can if we can go one better on Friday. Well, listen, Andy, we wish you the very best of luck. You're doing a great job. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Good man, thank you. It's Sandy Friend there, the Connor coach ahead of the game against Leinster this Friday, which uh, you will be able to hear on uh, Off the Ball. We'll also be bringing you the Munster Exeter game on Saturday.